Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. I would like to remind everyone, we request you send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast at MITW.org. Welcome, Vaughn. Hi, Sheena. Um, So, Vaughn, I've seen this question come up quite a few times. does the tribe have plans to vaccinate teens in the future? So it really depends on CDC recommendations and what gets approved by the U.S. government. Right now, uh, Moderna and Pfizer are both testing their vaccines on um, younger individuals. They're farther along in their studies for individuals that are between the ages of 12 and 15. Um, but they've also started uh, trials on individuals as young as six months so when those conclude, uh, we'll have more information on that. Moderna and is looking to enroll about 6,700 individuals into their particular study. Uh, that'll be across eight different states and in parts of Canada. Um, Pfizer is looking to enroll uh, just over 2,000 individuals in their particular study. So um, once they conclude those, we'll have a better idea of if we'll be able to vaccinate our teens. We would like to be able to vaccinate the entire population, you know, to ensure herd immunity. So if we're allowed to, we probably will in the future, yeah. So if we have parents that are now fully vaccinated and obviously their children aren't, are they allowed to visit other families um, who are also just have vaccinated parents? So the CDC has, there. there's kind of some some gray areas about that um, because the CD says that you can gather indoors with fully vaccinated people without wearing masks. Um, they also say that you can gather indoors with unvaccinated people from one other household, um, like a family or relative without masks, unless those people are at increased risk for, you know, severe COVID cases. Um, currently because they're not vaccinating um, youth, they, they don't have anything um, in their protocols mentioned, but um, they've also released reports uh, stating that children are less likely to spread the virus, uh, which is why they've they've come out with a couple different um, reports that talk about it's it's okay to have in-person school again. Um, this one of the studies that you know the major study was actually conducted here in Wisconsin. Um, we can put a link to that study in the show notes if anyone would like to go look that up. Um, but right now, it should be okay to visit those people. Um, if you know all of the adults have been vaccinated, so does that mean that um, we can have like children's birthday parties indoors? I hate to be the person that says yes, but I'm gonna say use caution and prudence. Maybe if it's with one other family, like they've talked about, you know, if it's not a huge gathering, they're still they're still recommending that you know we avoid you know 
medium to large size gatherings. I know some people, when they have a child's birthday party, it turns into a huge event. I totally understand. I'm from a big family. So, you know, use your judgment on that one. So can people safely travel after they've been fully vaccinated? CDC is still asking people to delay travel if possible because it puts them at a higher risk of contracting and spreading COVID. Um, that said, you are safer if you are vaccinated. Um, they do have some recommendations for travel, though. Uh, first is they want you to get tested, you know, one to three days before your trip, uh, you know, so you know whether or not you're taking it with you. Um, they also ask you to, you know, wear the masks, avoid crowds, wash your hands frequently, and use hand sanitizer with at least 60 to 70% alcohol if you have it. Um, they encourage bringing extra supplies like hand sanitizer, mask, and, you know, non-perishable foods so you can limit your interaction with other people while you're traveling. Um, and then when you return home, they recommend you get it tested three to five days afterwards um, and self-quarantine just to make sure you don't have it and are passing it um, to individuals once you get back. Um, they say if you don't get tested upon return, they do recommend self-quarantine for 10 days after travel. So... Um, technically you're, you could, there's not a ban on it. Um, they're just kind of discouraging it still. So it's up to you. <clears throat> if the tribe reaches quote unquote herd immunity as a community, will we continue to have a mask mandate? So I'm only one of the voices on the IC team. And my personal opinion is that, you know, if the vaccine works as well as they say, um, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to keep the mask mandate in place if we truly do have herd immunity. Um, that said, you know, the CDC is recommending that even when you are vaccinated to continue taking precautions um, because even though we may reach a point where we have, say, 80% of the individuals on the reservation and in the county vaccinated, um, it still doesn't account for Shawano County, um, O'Connell County, the surrounding areas and stuff where they haven't been able to keep up with the vaccinations quite as well as the tribe has. Um, so they still recommend, you know, wearing masks, staying six feet apart and avoiding crowds um, and uh, avoiding time in poorly ventilated areas like cars with, with people. Um, and just to, just to give a brief update on, on how we're doing with our, our vaccination efforts and stuff locally, um, we've been able to give out 4,300 doses at this point. Um, we've vaccinated 39% of the Menominee County residents. Um, they've had at least one dose. 21% will have both completed. So we're doing really well as far as getting the vaccination out. Um, that number will increase uh, as far as who's had two doses by about 500 doses uh, by the end of next week. So that's a decent amount of our population. Um, we've got about 87% of our individuals that are 65 and older that have had at least one dose. 71% um, of our 55 and older have had at least one dose and 52% of our 35 to 45 have gotten at least one dose. But the goal again is to get at least 80% of the population vaccinated with two doses at least. Um, some of the things that are being discussed right now is uh, a mobile vaccine team that'll be in Neopit that looks like it'll be on April 9th um, and we'll get the message out when we have more of the details. Uh, we're also looking at another uh, vaccine clinic um, like extended hours on like April 8th. 
Again, we'll have more details when those come up, and we're looking to put together a small mobile team that can head to the South Branch area. Again, we'll update everyone more when those details uh, are, are forthcoming. So what would you say to someone who's experienced side effects from getting the first dose of the vaccine is now, and is now considering not getting the second dose because they felt so crappy after the first dose? The first thing I'd say is, you know, talk to your doctor um, and, and really ask whether or not your reaction needs to be reported to uh, VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Um, because if you're having an event, um, the makers of the vaccine and the government, the CDC, they need to know about those things um, to help track whether or not it's safe. Um, and in that discussion, you can also, you know, talk about whether it's safe for you to go on with the second vaccine or if you should discontinue it. But again, that's a discussion you should have with your healthcare provider. Do we know more about the long-term effects of COVID at this point? So when we're talking long-term, um, in the medical profession, you're usually looking out past at least one year, um, up to 10 years in some cases. Um, because COVID is relatively new, we're still trying to gather as much information as we can on the long-term um, effects. Some patients uh, can have symptoms that last, you know, for weeks or months after they've gotten rid of their acute illness. We do know that. Um, but the CDC is continuing to work on how common long-term symptoms are, who's most likely to get them, and um, what some of these symptoms are, and if they're going to resolve. Um, one of the reasons that they think uh, specific long-term uh, effects occur, though, is because COVID doesn't act um, like some of the other pathogens out there that cause things like pneumonia. Um, it really overstimulates the immune system. And so they've, they've found so far that it damages multiple organ systems. Um, and when that happens, they, they've found that there are you know specific long-term effects. Uh, the common ones include fatigue and shortness of breath, um, you could have a cough long-term or joint pain or chest pain. Um, other long-term uh, you know, side effects that uh, you might experience include things like difficulty thinking or concentrating. They actually call this brain fog. Um, some people experience depression associated with this. Um, there's muscle pains, headaches. Uh, you could have intermittent fevers or you could have heart palpitations, which is when your heart beats too fast. Um, there are a series of less common but more serious types of long-term side effects. Um, these include things like um, inflammation of the heart or the cardiovascular system. Uh, they also found uh, long-term respiratory or lung abnormalities. Um, they've found that people can also have uh, acute renal or kidney injuries. Um, there are dermatological changes that can take place. Some people experience long-term rashes or hair loss. Uh, some people experience a long-term loss of, of their smell or their taste. Um, they've also identified sleep issues um, and psychological uh, impacts like depression or anxiety or mood swings. So there's, there's a wide array of things that could happen. Um, and they're still trying to track down how common that is. Um, and because there is such a wide array of, of long-term effects, it's, that's part of the reason we're, we're so adamant about trying to push the vaccination to the, to the population and encourage people to get that because these are 
these are life-altering right now as far as we know we don't know if they'll resolve and so you know we would rather inconvenience you with a little bit of time and um you know a shot to the arm or two uh then have you experience some of these things and if you'd like more information on them we can um post links to both the cdc and the mayo clinic on some of these long-term uh issues that are out there so if you've already had covid um and recovered should you still get the vaccine it's encouraged at this point because just like the long-term effects, we're still studying how long a person retains their innate immunity following infection. So right now they're encouraging even people that have gotten COVID to get a, a vaccination as well. I have an off-the-cuff question. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I don't Bring know if on. you know or not anything about it, but um, I have heard or read a couple of places um, that people can have more severe side effects from the vaccine if they've already had COVID. Do you know anything about that? I've heard similar things to that effect. Uh, the reason for it is the immune system essentially launches an immune response against the vaccine the first time around. And so, yeah, they can experience, um, you know, some, some hefty side effects along with that or, you know, flu-like, COVID-like symptoms um, from getting the vaccine. So I, I would... Yeah, say so yes. I've heard that as well. I don't have any show notes or reports on that, but yeah, I've read that too. Um, okay, will COVID be like the flu and that every year we have new strains and that we need to get vaccinated every year? You know, because it's um, technically a coronavirus, it'd be more like the seasonal cold rather than the seasonal flu. Um, but it may be something that we need to get vaccinated on um, in succession. Um, and that'd be due to, you know, the virus's ability to mutate and cause novel variants or new strains. Um, you know, there have been some interesting studies that have come out. One came from the University of Glasgow this week um, that indicated that having the common cold this year or any other year, essentially, could actually help your body stimulate um, fighting off a COVID infection. Um, and so, you know, we may need more vaccinations down the road, may not. Um because it's fairly similar to some other diseases out there. We'll, uh, we'll have to see what the, the studies say. You have anything else to say for people this week? You know, for those of you that have taken the time to go out to get vaccinated, we really appreciate the effort. Um, for those of you that haven't yet, we'd really strongly encourage you to, to do so. Um, we're trying to accommodate everyone we can, and we really want you to stay healthy and, and safe. Why when and for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab and keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. We do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. Please send them to us via email at podcast at mitw.org.